I have a question for you, my Chakra Girl radio listeners. Do you feel like you have a deep connection to your intuition, but you don't know how to use it? Almost like you know you're meant to be a healer of some kind, but you know you have so much healing you need to do on yourself first, and you have no idea where to start. Babe, if you are feeling those whispers from the universe and you're attracted to all the woo-woo things like crystals, tarot cards, you know, it's because your inner goddess knows you have a big purpose in this lifetime and she wants to show you how intuitive you really are. So the first step is to connect to your inner healer goddess archetype so that you can begin to remember those innate abilities and she's closer than you may think. So I've created a fun and easy quiz for you to tap into your subconscious and to really make a connection with your inner healing goddess archetype. And on the results page of the quiz, I'm giving you a list of exactly how to use your powers to heal yourself and to heal the collective. So go take the quiz today and get started on your goddess journey to healing yourself and elevating the collective. So go to quiz.chakragirlco.com slash goddess. That's quiz.chakragirlco.com slash goddess. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Chakra Girl Radio with Amberly Lyons is an uncut look into the lives of today's influencers to create real conversation about spirituality, modern girl problems, and the balance between vodka and green juice, gurus and Gucci. We're getting real about the chaos, mistakes, and meltdowns that come along with success. Here's your main chakra girl, Amberly Lyons. Welcome back to Chakra Girl Radio. This is Everly Lyons, your chakra expert, energy and crystal connoisseur, and your trusty spiritual BFF. I'm the founder of Chakra Girl Co., which is a platform giving you all the tips and inspo to be intentionally F to live your best life and balance your chakras. Today, we are chatting with the amazing mystic, Jessica Lignado. She is an astrologer, a psychic medium, an animal communicator, a writer, podcaster, all the things. She helps people get through the magic and wisdom inside of themselves and she is just freaking amazing. We're talking about all the woo-woo mediums and where to start in finding your own inner psychic abilities. We're talking about opening up to your own psychic guidance, how to telepathically talk to your pets, and so many more fun things. Guys, I've been getting so many messages about my meditation bundle, so I'm going to plug it here really quickly. The women that are using my meditations every day are reporting that they're making more money, that they have more energy, that they're feeling sexier and more powerful, and all it takes is hanging out with me and meditating for like 7 to 12 minutes a day. I'd say that's pretty fun. The meditations were made for women just like you to work through chakra blocks and to activate your chakra superpowers, and I'm giving you guys $10 off. So go to chakragirlco.com, select meditations from the top navigation, and when you are checking out, you can type in the code podcast, and you're saving $10. Okay, guys, I'm in LA right now. Just got back from Hawaii for five nights. I hosted two events. So one for my mastermind group and one for my one of my luxury clients, Kelly from the Freedom Babe. Go follow her. OMG, you guys, the mastermind group was just the best effing group. And all of these clients that came were just so fun and they're so successful. And I'm just so excited for them. We ate, we drank. They gave me a lot of words of affirmation about how amazing the retreat was. You guys know I love words of affirmation. And I was just in heaven. Um, My client Camille Carnival came and read tarot cards. Check her out as well. Her handle is Rose and Wild Tarot. 
end. Then Kelly and I did a photo shoot. We went to a luau and it was honestly just the freaking best. I'm dying, dying to go back to Maui already and I'm going to make it happen. So now I'm in LA. I'm going to be recording in the studio tomorrow. Right now I'm recording from my friend's bed. If you could tell, my voice is so raspy. I've just been in so much air conditioning and probably just drinking a little too much. Um, So excited to be here in LA. Maybe I'm hanging out with people from The Bachelor today. Maybe you need to follow me on social media to figure out why. Slowly, I'm social climbing my way to the top, guys. So I'm going to be speaking at an event while I'm here in LA. And by the time this episode airs, I will, the event will have actually already happened. And I would like to say to my future self, you are great up there. I'm actually a little nervous, but really excited. The event is called the influence movement. So just make sure you're following me on Instagram. You might be sick of hearing me talk about this event by now, but go check it out. So much good stuff. Then I'm ending my trip in Palm Springs with my husband. So excited that I'm going to be going on an actual vacation in one of my favorite places. So let's get into our chakra tip. This is going to be gross and TMI, but the tip is consistency, okay? So especially if you're doing Reiki or energy on your work, you have to do it consistently. So as you guys know, I was doing this bath ritual for a good couple of months, and that was like my daily practice was to like meditate and journal in the bath. And I kind of was skipping out on the Reiki. So I did Reiki for the first time last week, like right before Hawaii. And I had not done it for a couple months and then I did it and I got a freaking cold sore in my nose. I know it's disgusting. I feel like I've talked about the cold sore in the nose before. Um, but the only time I ever get a cold sore is after Reiki and I swear they're only on my nose. Nowhere else guys, no herpes for me. Um, so be consistent because it just goes to show you like all of that worked up energy in there that like needed to get out and it's like an exorcism and came out through my nose. So disgusting. So be consistent. Make sure if you're doing energy work on yourself, make it a daily thing. Okay. I want to do a chakra shout out to moon juice. Obsessed with moon juice. I'm heading there today on Melrose. It is just the resource for plant sourced alchemy to nourish and elevate your body, your beauty, and your consciousness. So they have all of these amazing products that, like I said, they're for beauty, they're for your body and for your spirituality. I always buy the sex dust. It's like this, just a blend of herbs and amazingness. And you put it like into a smoothie. Um, and it just makes you sexier. I'm obsessed with it. They have skincare stuff, adaptogens. This new thing that I want to try is called Yoni oil. And for those of you that don't know, a Yoni is a vagina. So I feel like sometimes the Yoni can just use a bit of an adaptogen blend and balance out the Yoni. Um, so I'm really excited to try that. I'll report back on the vagina oil for you guys, but check out moon juice. They are so amazing. If you don't live in LA, you can totally order it online. Um, and I'll post to you guys about some of my favorite stuff too. Okay, let's get into this episode because clearly my voice is hurting. Um, love you guys. Excited for this episode. Jessica's so, so amazing. Make sure you follow her and yeah, just connect with her on all her goodness. Welcome back to Chakra Girl Radio, guys. We are here today with Jessica Lineado. She is an astrologer, psychic medium, animal communicator, writer, podcaster, and she helps people just really help themselves through the magic and wisdom of astrology, plus 
her skills are like pragmatic and woo-woo. So love her for that. She's a resident astrologer for Girl Boss. Hoodwitch and Chatelaine. Um, those are pretty big names, guys. She's just got this awesome, bubbly, high vibe energy, and I just love her already. Welcome to the show, Jessica. Thank you. And thank you for such an awesome intro. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you deserve every minute of it. Thank you. <laughs> okay, let's get into our slumber party questions. What is your daily ritual? Okay. My daily ritual is maybe not as impressive as it should be, but I pretty much wake up. I deal with uh, a gaggle of cats. and How many uh, cats? Well, I have a cat in my house, but I live in Oakland, California, and there's lots of stray cats. And so we've got two stray cats, uh, Albert and Panda Henry, who hang out and they wait to be fed all morning. And then Panda kind of lives with us kind of lives oh outside. And, you know, it's very California. It's like, it's like a stepchild, like every other weekend situation. Exactly. Except for it's literally several times a day. Okay. <laughs> um, so except for that, it's exactly like that. Yes. So, so I do tend to, to the, the, um, the farm of animal cats. Oh and then I hop on uh, Instagram or emails or, you know, I just like manage the administrative part of my work and I drink a gallon of coffee Mm. And, and then I'm generally working on some sort of a writing deadline or something like that. And, um, I go to work, I'm kind of a workaholic and part of my daily routine, you know, it's, it's funny because it's like, I, I think, oh, well, all I do is work, but part of my work is, you know, energy work and doing energy clearing work and getting grounded and centered in my body. And the way that I function, I've kind of, uh, I kind of think of those things as admin at this point, mm-hmm. um, which technically they are not, uh, but, but that's kind of how I've integrated them into my life. And then I generally meet with clients, um, or work on, you know, whatever project I have, um, demanding my attention uh, and then I do more energy work and then I, then I chill for the most part. <laughs> okay, good. So yeah. with the energy work, I love that you make it your business to do the work. And I always say that too. And like, it is your freaking job to yeah. work on yourself. So I love that you do that. Um, so are you doing energy work on other people too? That's a good question. Uh, no, for the most okay. part, no. I mean, I have the capacity, I have the skill to be yeah. able to do that, but that's not, not how I work. No, it's not how I work for the most no. part. Okay. Yeah. But, I, was but I, say, I notice when I do energy work for other people, I, I like cleanse myself at the same time. And I'm like, oh, double whammy. It is a wonderful double whammy. The only trouble I have with it is that it requires it takes so much energy that it requires me to slow down to a certain yes. level that I just, I, I, I'm like kind of a go, go, go girl. And so I'm, I'm a little bit more motivated and how can I do the kind of most amount of readings or the most amount of good and connect with the greatest amount of people on the highest level possible. And totally. I don't think I could do that and do the energy work, which is kind of why at this point I have, I have chosen to kind of keep that out of the, the working repertoire. Yes. Um, yeah. So that, that's just me though. I totally hear you. It kind of can suck the life out of you. Yeah. <laughs> For that's why I only do yeah. two per month. So yes, that's, that, my, that's my role. That makes um, sense. Okay. What is your go-to oil and or crystal? 
Oh, my go-to crystal is always black tourmaline. I am obsessed with black tourmaline. I never take it off of my body. I have several nice big pieces near my desk, always by under my pillow, by my bed. I am obsessed with black tourmaline. Mm, warding off all of the intruders. Yep. That's the move. When you're as energy when you're energetically porous, I think it's really important to have kind of helper friends so that for me anyway, so that I can manage my energy boundaries and kind of, you know, I, I work at it, I kind of work with my guidance on it, and it doesn't hurt to have extra BFFs helping me out with it too. So true. Have you done the elite shungite? No. Okay. It's like I just started doing it, but it's like these little rocks and you put them in your bathtub and you soak with them and they like take out any energy that's not yours. Okay. That to me is like, I I need to be taking notes. That is exactly what I need in my life. Yeah. They're pretty fantastic. I mean, and apparently they work for taking out any like magnetic energy. So like from your computer and your phone as well. That's that's basically the dream. So basically yes. you're saying it's, it's my, it's, it's my 2.0 black tourmaline. Yes, exactly. And you I get love it. And as a part of your property. Everybody loves a bath. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Okay. So guys, energy muse, elite Shanghai, go get it. Um, okay. What is your sun sign and what do you wish it was? Ah, I wish for nothing. I'm very happy with my birth chart. And, uh, I personally, um, I've never, understood the wishing of a different sign. I am a sun, moon, and rising all in the same sign, which is a little unusual. It's Capricorn. Oh, girl. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a a pragmatic pain in the ass. Yes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. I I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I think I'm not, you know, and I should, I should preface it by saying, of course, in classic Capricorn fashion, I'm not big on wishes in general. I don't really do dreams. I don't really do wishes. I do goals. Um, and so, (laughs) and so I've never really thought about, I've been asked that question before, but I've never really thought about wanting to be something other than what I am astrologically anyways, you know, yeah. Owning the Capricorn. I mean, there's so many things about Capricorn. Yeah. I mean, there's great things about every sign. I, I really, I love every sign and whatever sign I am having a problem with at a given time, it's always because of what's going on in my chart. And I really am a big believer in that. Like when, when a person's like, I don't like Scorpio or I don't like whatever Aquarius, it's about you. It's not about the sign. It's never about the sign. It's always about what's going on with you. So yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. Is there a tarot archetype that you resonate with right now? Oh, very exciting question. Um, is there a tarot archetype that I resonate with right now? Well, shit, let me think. Um, <laughs> I love it. It's totally not how I thought of it, but I would say I am probably in some sort of chariot hierophant moment right now, like mm. going through, uh, you know, deep emotional content and kind of coming into a greater stage of, of, you know, mastery of my work. Blossoming. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Okay. What book are you reading right now? I'm not reading any books. Is that terrible? Yes. (laughs) I'm writing a book. Okay. We're going to talk about, yeah, that's (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. I don't have time to read right now. I go through really, I have a real problem with reading is that I love reading so much that when I read, I, my columns, you know, I stop writing them. Like I, I don't want to talk to my partner. Like I get really distracted. And so I go through really intense stages of reading and then really intense stages of not reading because I have mm-hmm. other things to do. So that's okay. my, that's my great excuse. It's off season and that's okay. Yeah. I'm in an off season. What is a guilty pleasure that you think quote unquote good spiritual people probably don't do? <sighs> that's a, huh. Um, I would say I really like cereals. Like not, not, not <laughs> like lucky charms. No, no. Although girl, that is actually, yes, actually. Yes. That's like, if I'm depressed, you will see me eating lucky charms. That's my move. But <laughs> that's the go-to, that's the go-to. But I would, I would say like cereal, like TV shows, like cereal oh, shows. Okay. I can like, I can really like drop a solid obsession on a TV show. And, um, and just, you know, and just kind of like lose myself in that. What are you watching? I just finished watching The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Is oh. that what it's called? Do you, do I you don't know. know. I don't know what that is. It's, it's, it was great. It won a bunch of Emmys and my partner was like, oh, won a bunch of Emmys. We should watch it. And I was like, that means nothing to me. I don't care. And then I started watching it. It was like, it was amazing. It deserved all the Emmys. Okay, so uh, it just, watch that. it was a great fun uh, show. And I won't say anything about it because I'm really bad at describing shows, but okay. I quite enjoyed it. <laughs> I think we need something like that because we just finished a very dark show and I'm like, okay, I need to like lighten the mood a little bit. Right. I'm very energetically porous as well. <laughs> yes. I, you know, honestly, I don't watch um, for entertainment. So sometimes I'll watch heavy, dark or violent things um, because I think it's important for me to be like informed or, or mm-hmm. I think it's an important shift in the culture. So I want to be a part of it. But for entertainment, I, I'm like annoyingly, just give me a comedy. Like I just, I know me too. I'm like, yeah. I'll watch the office 79 times. Yeah. Yeah, but- totally we watched Ozark and it was really good though. Like it was like very, I don't know. I feel like I learned a lot about humans in general, but yeah, it's dark, but ready, ready to lighten it up. Yeah. It's a funny show. Check it, check it out. It's going to happen. Okay. So let's talk about you. I have so many questions about all the things you do and can't wait to like get into them. But before that, tell us your story and how this mystic situation kind of came to be. I love that you called it a mystic situation. I quite enjoy that. Thank you very like much. There's so many words for you. I know it's true. It's too many words. It's and it's you know and it's it's also just new that there's as much language um, and that it's popular, so that people even know what I'm talking about. Yes. But I um, I am I was as we were chatting about before. I'm from Montreal, and I always knew that I wanted to be an astrologer. And I never, when I was a kid, I didn't know it was possible to be an astrologer, but I went to um, an alternative CJAP and there was an astrologer there who was the Jungian psychologist of the main college, but he taught astrology beginning class and then an intermediate class in the alternative college. And the first week of the beginner's class, I was like, oh, this is what I'm going to do with my life. And so um, I just... I, at that point, didn't believe in psychics and I didn't believe in energy work or anything like that. I, um, but I never even questioned the effectiveness of astrology. And I just really dedicated myself to the work of it and uh, studied it for a couple of years and then moved in 1994 to uh, San Francisco to be an astrologer. And I 
set this goal that, um, so I was 19 at the time. So I set this goal that I was going to, by the time I was 30, come to a sense of mastery over uh, basic astrology. And that by the time I was 30, I was going to be moving towards mastery of medical astrology. And I did that. By the time I was 29, I was lecturing about medical astrology to what other astrologers. medical astrology? Girl, it's so exciting. Medical mm-hmm. astrology is pretty much exactly what it sounds like. It's um, being able to use the birth chart as a resource for, um, I, I, and I'll say this is how I use it, it for understanding um, the spiritual nature and roots of physiological issues, looking at what physiological issues um, a person is likely to have, looking at what comes from the genes, so what's hereditary, and again, the psychological, spiritual, emotional roots to why it's in the family, um, and looking at um, effective remediation. There's also, and of course, I'm not like diagnosing and treating people. I'm not a doctor, but um, I am able to look at these things for people. It's also about like looking at well, what are appropriate dietary um, actions for people, like what should people be eating? What should they be avoiding? What are different phases in the mental and physical health? And, and I should say, you know, I was just referring to physical health, but we're, a lot of what I do is looking at mental health as well. And of course, emotional and spiritual as well. Mm-hmm. So medical astrology is um, a little bit niche, but because I'm a self-taught astrologer, I, and I kind of like existed in this like tiny little bubble that I created for myself. I thought all astrologers were medical astrologers until my later twenties when I started connecting with the San Francisco uh, community of astrologers out here. And people were like, wait a minute, you do medical astrology? That's amazing. Cool. Start talking to us about it. So I didn't realize that it was a specialty. I just Mm -hmm. kind of see the the physical health, mental health, and all other parts of our lives as being so intertwined that it's hard for me to see them as separate and not look at the chart from a a kind of medical standpoint. Mm. Um, So so I did all of those things. And then by my late 20s, early 30s, um, so I I became full-time self-employed in 99 and doing this work. And then by that time, people started saying, you know, my clients started telling me I was psychic and I was like, no fool. I'm not psychic. I'm just a really good astrologer. And that went on for a couple of years until I started having so many experiences where I was like, I I actually don't know this from the chart. I am just knowing this. And that kind of bloomed and developed. And through that also the mediumship um, which is talking to dead people. Um, again, first I thought it was coincidence when my clients would ask me to do it and I could do it. I was just like, ah, it's a lucky, it's a lucky shot. I don't know. And then again, over the course of time, I, I kind of couldn't deny that it was happening. Um, so those things bloomed and developed. And because I have an astrology practice and I had a client-based practice, I have had this really unique experience where I get to practice and use this kind of these muscles, these psychic muscles, if you will, um, really routinely. And it's allowed me to build a real, real strong relationship to those muscles. Um, and then again, through that came animal communication. So it was just kind of all of these things have developed really organically through my, my work and, um, and then, and then, of course, writing and podcasting and all these other things have, have happened a little bit more intentionally in, in uh, 
uh, throughout all of this. So, I mean, it's just, I'm not sure if I'm exactly answering your question. Totally. No, I love that. Okay. Okay, So I love how you're, you're kind of saying that you, through the practice of astrology and being able to like connect the dots so quickly, energetically, and with your mind, do you feel like that is what allowed you to kind of birth the more energetic sensitivity it kind of like exercised the muscle and then it became stronger and stronger and stronger. Yes, exactly that. And, and, you know, and the thing about astrology is I know a lot of astrologers as you, as you can imagine. And a lot of astrologers that I know are highly rational people, you know, astrology in, in, you know, mainstream muggle society, we think of astrology as like hella woo and it can be really woo, but the truth is astrology is a lot of math and a lot of memorization and requires years and years of study to be truly adept at it. And because of that, a lot of times when you go into astro- like proper astrologer cycle uh, uh, circles or communities of people, you're not necessarily hanging out with psychics. You're not hanging out with necessarily terribly woo-woo people. Um, we tend to be quite rational and, uh, and we study a lot Mm -hmm. and, um, we work with numbers, you know, and, and I think that it took me a long time to come out about being psychic, especially in my astrology community. I kept those two. Yeah. It's not what most people would expect, but but that's how it goes. And I think some of that, um, is in part because astrology is a study and it is, um, something that does require, you know, great scholarship and, you know, being a scholar, I don't know if I use that word properly, but, um, it is, and, and I think that astrologers can be like, I don't want to muddy that with like psychic stuff, which is not unverifiable. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I think up until very, very recently, you know, people, I mean, I know they would laugh at me for being an astrologer or psychic up until quite recently, you know, it was very out of fashion and people were quite judgy about it. And they still can be quite, quite very judgy about it. Yeah, um, sure, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just the world we live in. And, yeah. you know, for me, I will say that I, I really, I'm fine with that. You know, it's not yeah. like my preference, but you know, whether people like you or they hate you, it's kind of like, that's on them. And, yeah. and I'm so, I'm, I've really, uh, over the course of years come to a place of accepting that I have all of these different skills and that for me, they work because I have a private practice and I, and I consult with people and they really support me in helping people help themselves. And I don't really care how I get to the answer. I'm not terribly monogamous that way. You know, I just Mm want to, I want to help people find the right question and then I want to help them find the right answer. Mm, Oh my gosh. I love that. So beautiful. Thanks. Thank so you. in your book that you're writing, you're talking about intima- intimacy issues in astrology. So what does yeah. that mean? Oh my God. I'm so excited about this. I can't even tell you. So, you know, people are always asking me about relationships, of course. Right. But what I'm really interested in is the intimacy issues that are at the root of our relationships. And so our, the book that I'm working on, and it should be out in the autumn of 2019, so not too long now. So exciting. Um, I know, I'm very excited about it. Um, it, is, it is an exploration of, first of all, the different kinds of intimacies we have. So there, it's broken into three sections. Uh, the first is about friends and chosen family, which more and more of us have, um, our friends as chosen family. And then it's uh, sex and hookups, like early stages, dating, you know, getting oh to know you, hooking up, that kind of stuff. Right, right. So important. And then it's LTRs. It's long-term relationships, partnerships. Yeah. So it's broken into these three sections. And instead of focusing on signs, it focuses on the planets. 
Mm -hmm. And um, it's the planets through the signs and the planets through the houses. Um, And so it's a really comprehensive breakdown of the intimacy issues that we have that motivate us to get into relationships so that we can kind of like, you know, prune the tree from its roots instead of keep on focusing on the leaves, you know? So do we have to go back to our past hookups and look at them? Well, if you're partnered, then yes. If you're partnered, then yes. But also a lot of people I think will use, you know, my, my guess is that people will get to use the book. Like if you're like partnered, then you might focus on, your the the long-term relationships and the chosen family mm. section and not the hookup section if you're single and you're looking for a partnership you're gonna use all three maybe you know it's like so there's a way so of, cool yeah. i love that it like covers all the bases that's that's my that's my hope and dream because you know i work with people of all in all kinds of situations and the the kind of lie that we are told when we're kids is that you know you'll grow up and then you'll reach this destination called grown up and yeah. you'll be partnered. And when you're partnered, you'll be done. And that shit is not true. No. The truth is being in a relationship long-term with someone is work because if you keep growing and they keep growing, or if you grow and they stagnate or whatever, we have to constantly adjust and tend to ourselves and our partners. Mm-hmm. And you know, I know lots of people who are in really successful, happy relationships until they're not. Until it yeah. changes. Until they're not hundred percent. Right? Well, yeah. I mean, like that's every relationship. Exactly. And so so, you know, we have to be able to be flexible. And I think more and more, um, you know, I think more and more people are looking around them and understanding that family is different than what they expected it to be, partnership is different than what they expected it to be, and sexual development is different than what they expected it to be. And so I think astrology is a really powerful and useful resource for understanding our nature and the cycles of our development instead of this kind of idea that, you know, you grow up and you hit this location and you stay there. Mm-hmm. That old school idea that is not honestly terribly humane. I think that staying connected to our cycles of development allows us to be flexible in a way that allows us to grow and find our greatest wholeness. And that's really the point because with wholeness comes happiness. And to allow the other person to grow. Yes, 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 yes. Which is terrifying sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) It really is. It is. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. So what is one thing that we can do today then to, before your book comes out, because uh-huh. we'll get the real work done, um, but to um, use astrology to strengthen our relationship. Okay. So this is going to be an unpopular answer, but I cannot tell you how many times people are like, look at my crush's chart, look at my partner's chart, yeah. or they're reading the horoscope of their partner. And that doesn't work. What works is focus on your own homework, like focus on what you're consenting to. I think the biggest mistake we make around relationship stuff is we think when that person, when, when the other person does X, I'll be okay. If I can get the other person to understand why, then I'll feel, I'll feel safe. And the truth is we are meant to take responsibility for what we are bringing to the table And we are meant to take responsibility for what we're choosing to consent to and how. Mm -hmm. And you can't control other people. And trust me, I'm a triple Capricorn. I have tried to control (laughs) other people. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, I am really good at it, but, but that doesn't meet anyone's needs. It doesn't. 
All it does is create the illusion of stability or of happiness. It's really union and intimacy is achieved through collaboration. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I think it's really important to be able to um, really look at how are you participating and what are you consenting to? And if you find that you are behaviorally consenting to something that you know you're not actually in consent to, don't change the other person, change you. Mm-hmm. And that's why I mean, change the conversation, right? And I think another way to look at consenting as well, it's like, well, I don't want him to treat me like that. I'm, I'm not accepting it, but it's like, are you treating yourself that way? If exactly. you want to be, um, you know, say you want to be adored, you know, and he's not, you don't feel adored by your partner. Mm-hmm. Are you adoring yourself? Are you respecting yeah. yourself? Or are you taking time for yourself? And then that's when, when you shift your energy, then that's when you're opening up for them to shift theirs. Yeah. And, and when the shift doesn't happen, you know, if you do all the things and your partner cannot love you in the way that feels like love or adore you in a way that feels like adoration, because sometimes it's a compatibility issue, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's owning that it is your job to effectively communicate that because mm-hmm. girl, people love to drop hints um, mm-hmm. because it's scary to ask for what you want because you might not get it. And the thing with dropping hints is it's not taking full agency, right? Yeah. And so I'm a big fan of taking ownership of what you need, taking ownership of where you can compromise and what is actually compromising you. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a place we can all start. You don't need to use astrology for that, but you can use astrology to better understand yourself and resist the urge to think that understanding your partner is what will get your needs met because that is not exactly it. You know, it's understanding what you're asking for. You can't fix their birth chart. No, you can't. <laughs> you super can't. You super can't. Um, I saw this hilarious meme. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was like an angry woman. And it was like that face you make when you read your husband's birth chart or you read your husband's horoscope and it says someone important's going to come into his life or something. Yes. <laughs> well, that's exactly it. I mean, and this is the thing about the, about astrology in general is that it tends to be written specifically, you know, horoscopes because they're general, they tend to be written for single people or for yeah. married people, but very little in between. And the truth is a lot of people live in between, you know, a lot yeah. of people have alternative ways of living these days. Um, praise be. And, and that is, and that is something that is, I think really important. It's kind of at the centerpiece of, of how I work is not making assumptions that there's any one way to be in a relationship. It's so true. I love yeah. that. Yeah. So you have so many different modalities you work with. Let's dive into some of the other ones. The one I'm dying to hear more about is animal communicating. Oh, yay. I love, I love animal communication. <laughs> so I don't get asked about it a lot. So I how thank you. Thank did you. This come to be and what is the craziest thing an animal has ever told you? Oh my God. Okay. So <laughs> how it came to be was I had this uh, best friend. His name is Cougar uh, Cat. He's a cat. Uh, and I had, um, I had an office and it was a storefront in San Francisco. And so in the, in the front of the storefront was my, my, my studio office where I would meet with clients and in all the way in the back was the apartment and the furthest back room was the kitchen. And I'm a coffee addict. Je love coffee. And so every morning I would put on water for coffee and I would go to the front and I would, you know, do my email work or whatever. And I would always like burn the water. I'd forget about it. And I'd have to reboil water because I'm just stupid that way. I used to be. I'm better now. Anyways, before one of the story is after this going on for a while, um, 
what started to happen was Cougar would come into the studio and be like, hey, the water's boiling. And I'd be like, oh shit, the water's boiling. And I'd run back and sure enough, it was boiling and I'd fix it. And after a couple days of that, I was like, wait a minute. Do I actually think my cat is telling me that the water is boiling? What's the F? So I, um, I was just like, this is ridiculous. But of course, who doesn't want to be Dr. Doolittle? So I was just like, <laughs> I started practicing with him and, be, and just telling him. And when I say telling him, animal communication is very simple. It's you know what, what you would call telepathy, although I think it's kind of a charged word, so I don't love it. But it's communicating through pictures. And so I would show him, okay, so jump up on that table, walk over this way, come over there and then sit on my lap. Like I would just show him like an obstacle course of like how to get over to me and he would do it. And I was like, holy shit, this is real. Um, And so I I then went forward and like practiced that when I would like run into cats on the street or like me, you know, I'm more of a cat person than a dog person. So I did this more with cats. Um, And, and then the work, you know, developed more through my client work. Um, in fact, to this day, if I'm dealing with somebody, if I'm, you know, I'm consulting with a client and I am, I am having a block or they are blocked, if they have an animal uh, friend that they live with, I'll often just talk to them and ask the animal to narc on them <laughs> because we tend to be very open and honest with our animals. Uh-huh. Um, and, and so, like yeah. How, so many t- how many episodes of Real Housewives is she really watching a day when she says she's trying to be working? Exactly. <laughs> your animal knows. Uh, My animal knows. <laughs> your, oh yeah, they, they really do. They really, really do. So, so the, that's, the, that's how it started. Um, and the craziest story, oh my gosh, how do you pick? How do you pick? I have this one story and I don't know if it's too long, but um, I will try to give you the abbreviated version of it, which is that I was walking down the street and I ran into a, a friend, like somebody who I know from the neighborhood. And human he, or a cat? <laughs> oh, excellent question. This was a human man <laughs> okay. and he had a dog friend. He had a okay. dog friend who was his like companion, his like life companion, a French bulldog. Mm-hmm. And he um, basically, and, and I didn't, I don't think this guy, the human guy knew that I was an animal communicator, but he saw, the dog saw me and he ran up to me and he was just like, girl, you have got to help me. And he basically told me this whole story, which I will uh, abbreviate for you to say that um, he was like, my human is considering getting rid of me and you can't let him. Like he needs to keep me. And what had happened was the dog had attacked another dog. Mm. And so the human was like, I, I can't keep a, a violent dog. Like I don't have the capacity to do that. And he was really heartbroken because to, these two are, were inseparable. Like I'd never seen them apart. They, they were like best friends. And um, so the, the dog explained to me why he had attacked the other dog and why he was, how he was protecting his human and that he understood that it was a, a, a boundary <laughs> that he wouldn't do it again. Oh but also God. he gave the human specific homework, like ex- specific advice about how to stand in dangerous situations, mm-hmm. like how to physically um, use his body language to express dominance and power in, in situations. And this guy was not that kind of guy. So Oh my gosh. I, the dog's I, like, you're standing over here like a wimp. I had to that's exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly, that's exactly right. And so I, I expressed, I was just like, you know, is it okay if I tell you this? And, and, uh, the, you know, the man friend, the human man friend was like, yes, of course. And then I told him and it was very emo for all of us. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
and he did he did end up keeping um, his dog friend, and it all worked out well oh in the end. So it was really it was really very tender and lovely, and um, and that was a really great great story. Um, but you know, there's been lots of others, lots of others, and I um, I I also have. Um, a woman who I work with and she came in once and um, for a reading and she was talking about she lives in a studio apartment with a cat and a bunny and they hated each other they just like were not friends and um, I don't remember if there was like if they were like one of them was like attacking the other one but it was like a bad situation between the cat and the bunny bunnies are a lot tougher than you'd think I've always I'm always surprised because bunnies are hella cute but man you talk to them and you're just like oh man you're mean bunnies <laughs> they've all got like a thick mean. New York accent and like <laughs> they do. they're very mean and so um so we I I talked to both of them I talked to both of them and then later that night she posted a photo of the two of them like kind of snuggling on her bed and it would like change okay. their relationship what was their beef I can't remember it. See, this is the problem when people ask me about like sharing stories is that I'm like, I forget because I do so many readings that I, I often forget partially as a way to like survive my, my life. And then yeah. also because I, I forget things sometimes. Well, and you're not like when you're in that realm, you're kind of not grounded in reality. So it's right. like it's kind of right. up there, further up there. Mm-hmm. Not it's not it's not my my analytic mem- rememberer. Yeah. But anyways, I don't remember their beef. They just didn't like each other. Oh my and, god! And 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 they're chill now. They're chill now. They're, oh great. my god! I love this. I want you to talk to my dog. So <laughs> is your dog right there? Uh, well, he's. I'm in the closet. He's. Oh in right, the you're in the closet. But- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. That's right. I forgot about the closet. Oh my gosh, we're gonna have to do this though. Okay, great, good. I'm in. I'm sold. Okay, good. So can we, so how can we like communicate with our pets then? Like, is there a way that we can kind of like do a little, like, first of all, you already are, you know, the chances that you're not communicating with your, with your pet is very unlikely because when you think, oh, we're going to go to the vet, your dog hides from you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason why is because you're visualizing the vet, you're visualizing the struggle between the two of you. And when we have a clear picture um, that we are like emotionally and mentally in alignment with, we mm. end up communicating that picture. Mm. That's what you're doing. That's, you're already doing it. So the question is, can you harness it? Um, and that, you know, it, it makes it harder to lie. So you can't be like, we are going to a carnival to your dog. It's very hard to lie with your, your head and your heart at the same time, like to visualize that. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, to practice, to practice it, is very simple. It's to simply send pictures. And the, the trouble is um, animals are just like people. They don't necessarily want to hear you. They don't necessarily want to talk to you. They don't necessarily care what you say. So, um, you know, this is where, you know, I had these two cats, Cougar and Sage for many years and Sage, Sage gave zero fucks about communicating with me. Zero. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. not two fucks, zero. Yeah. She would never go where I told her to go. She would never show up when I was looking for her. She didn't, she was just like, whatever lady, we have a good relationship, but it's not like that. Whereas Cougar really wanted to support and encourage uh, me being able to do this. And he was incredibly responsive and he would, um, you know, talk to me and he would respond when I talked to him. And so there's like a personality thing. So you might be doing it right. And your animal might be like, 
I don't care. Yeah. Um, and so there's also that, you know, um, this, you know, the, the thing to practice is small is to do it around food, to do it around mm. water, to do it yeah. around snuggles or going for, with your dogs, going for walks, things that you know that your uh, animal friend is really invested in, mm-hmm. um, because that's where you're most likely to get engagement. And, um, sometimes animals will just be super confused if you're usually obtuse and not really communicating with them. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes animals will be really confused when you start. Um, and, and that's something for you to just like keep on practicing through. Yeah. So do you use words or do you just telepathically send the message? Um, I personally mainly visually use the message slash I am a chatty Kathy and I never yeah. stop talking. So yeah. <laughs> I also talk, but that's not actually how they were. Right. Animals don't care about verbal language per se. Right. And I say that knowing that, you know, my friend Panda Henry, this, this, um, kind of feral cat who's. Uh, adopted me. He is the most verbal cat I've ever encountered. He mm-hmm. has like 20 tones of voice. They mean different yeah. things. But I, yeah, my dog really talks and I'm like, what yeah. is he trying to tell us? Well, you know, usually um, when, when animals are like conversant, they are trying to say something. Yeah. You know? Well, it's they, usually they I want peanut butter. That's pretty much. Right. I mean, so do I, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um, <Same laughs> I'm gonna take some peanut butter yeah. right now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think I think that um, I think that the the chances, if you really love your animal, the chances that you're not communicating with them effectively are very small. Right. And the the thing about animal communication, much like mediumship, is that just because you're not receiving the message in return doesn't mean you're not sending the message out. Yes. It doesn't mean right. that it's not being received, right? Right. So, you know, someone might teach you to say something in a language where you don't understand it, but you might say it and someone who speaks that language would understand it. It's kind yeah, of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. I love it. We have to do this. I'm like, yeah, so practice. <laughs> okay. So you're also a psychic medium. True story. Does this get scary? I'm not scared. No. Okay. I have I mean, had scary moments. And I feel like I like shut it down. And when you say scary moments, do you mean how? how I have what, what had visitors in dreams, but it's like not a dream. And like, have you? Do you have sleep paralysis? No, thank okay. you, Jesus. So I have sleep paralysis sometimes, oh, and it's like I can I can't move, but there are like things around me talking to me, like touching me, like it's creepy. Oh man. Okay. I don't like that. That's that's okay. shut it down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would, you know, not that you're asking, but I'm offering, um, I, I would encourage you to try doing like, uh, energy shielding before you go to bed. Yeah. I've, I think yeah. I've, I think I've, I think I've figured it out now, but so how do you open up to the non-scary and like shut out the scary or is it that you're the scary is there and you just don't give a shit? Yeah. I, I don't have, um, so, so I don't, so first of all, I don't get it in my sleep. Um, right. I get it in my waking life. Um, okay. and so that's, first of all, I mean, I, if I had sleep paralysis, I would be really scared of that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, that's also, um, it's, it's, it's different than what I do and how I'm vulnerable personally think, yeah. you know, um, but I, I, um, I am generally not scared of it because I am the way that my, my kind of like skill works, I guess, is I can 
talk to dead people. So yeah. um, conversation is not terribly intimidating to me in that way. Um, I have had experiences that, so, so the way that it works for me is generally they kind of like come into my body. And so, you know, I'll start coughing if they died of lung cancer or, mm. you know, my head will kill if they shot themselves in the head or mm. that kind of thing. I've, I've had like my mouth full of blood from terrible oh things gosh. with that. Like, I've, but I know it sounds so gruesome. Um, I don't find it frightening. Um, I, I am, I, I do get scared if I can't clear them out of my body or out of my space. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do have a lot of tools and resources for that. Um, for me, you know, people, whether they have bodies or not are people. And, you know, I do think some people are evil and, and shitty. And also I think, you know, most people are just, scared and want help or want to be seen. And so my work is so much about facilitating conversations between the living and the dead. Sometimes it is about helping the dead um, let go or communicate something or just move on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, it sounds it sounds very dramatic, but my the way that I live my life, it's very mundane. It's very much a daily thing. Mm-hmm. And so um, I... Sometimes I say things and I'm like, oh, that sounds awful, but it, it doesn't feel awful to me. Mm. Um, and, and a good part of that is because I've been able to exercise um, some pretty flexible boundaries that allow me to kind of uh, keep people out when I'm not open um, mm. and to clear them. And, and you know, not perfectly. I, I have a lot of support around maintaining those boundaries, but... Um, but yeah, but that is, I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm exactly answering the question, but no, that's a totally, big part of it. Yeah. So once you, so I always like hear the term like, oh, I help them like cross over or move on. So what, so once they've moved on or crossed over, does that mean they're no longer accessible to a medium? That's actually, that's a very good question. So, so there's like two answers I'll give to that. The first is this idea of like crossover or move on is a little bit of, um, a misnomer. It's like, I'm saying it in this way that makes sense. And that's kind of conventional, but it's not exactly what happens mm-hmm. because the idea of crossing over or, or even moving on, it's kind of, it's suggestive of, of location and time. Right. And location and time are both conditions of the body. They're conditions of physical existence. Mm-hmm. And when we are no longer in this life, we no longer have physical existence. And so we don't exactly cross over the the more accurate way of describing it based on my experience doing the work is that it's almost like um we become much much more much much bigger to the point where we are less i don't know if that makes sense but that is the closest way to okay. the truth okay so you're sense. almost like more detaching even more from your past human form and just yes. moving more into like a, a light. Exactly. Yes, okay. exactly. It's more, it's less solid matter and more light form, right. which is larger. It's more expansive. And mm-hmm. it's also, um, so, so yes, when people are in that state, this more spiritualized essentially state, um, oftentimes I can still communicate with them, but it is, it is as though it's from a great distance and they are um, able to resonate with their personality 
and with the relationship that they had, but that's not exactly where they're existing from anymore. Mm. And that's the hope. Like that's, to, as far as I can tell, that is where, where you want to get to. Um, but there is nothing wrong with choosing to stay present and more resonant with your personality form mm. for the people that you've left behind. And, um, you know, again, there is no sense, sense there's no time when we don't have a body. So it, it's, from our human perspective, the idea of like my great great grandmother's still around. Oh no, I want her to be light form. That's us. That's not her, right? She, you know, because there's there's this like it's a different thing. So it's it's yeah. a little bit hard to talk about in a conventional way. Yeah. But, um. But yeah, that's that's my that's my take you. on it. I get yeah, you. You, you get so me. So I feel like yeah. So it's like we're spending our time on Earth trying to remove conditioning and remove past bullshit to get to light, and then when we die, we have to do it all over again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it surely seems that's the way, doesn't it? It surely seems that's the way. It's. I mean, it's all a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, but you know, here we are doing the damn. Work. We need some kind of purpose. Yeah, we really so, do. I love that so much. So okay, you have a podcast. I do. What do you talk about? Tell us more. Okay. That's exciting. Um, so I have a weekly podcast. I drop it on Sundays. It's called ghost of a podcast. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's, it's a, it's a quickie. It's about a half hour or less. And I answer listener questions in the first half. And in the second half, I give a little like mini astrology lesson or mini astrology rant Mm -hmm. and then a horoscope. So I give the like weekly, uh, ahead in the stars. And so I write a weekly horoscope, um, but this has different layers of content in it. And then I also post on social, you know, most days or many days of the week, what's going on in that day. So I'm like constantly putting out stuff about, uh, about astrology, but in the, in the podcast, it's, I, I can't, I've only been doing it for a very brief amount of time, but I am in love with it because I actually get to give readings to people and I get to do it you know, on the podcast in a way that doesn't only help the question asker, but it helps, you know, tons of other people. Mm -hmm. And that for me is just kind of like a a revelation because giving readings is my heart. It's like, it's the thing I love doing the most and finding a way to do that kind of on a larger scale is really, it's, it just gives me like such warm, happy, joyous feelings. So I really, really love doing it. So nice. I know all the little like tidbits and little like bits of wisdom that you pass on are just out there on a bigger scale now. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. And talking is more fun than writing for me. I I know know. me too. My friend was like, you need to start a blog. And I was like, can I just say everything I want? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Can I just speak a blog? I think we call that a podcast. Exactly. I like it. I'm with you. I'm with you. Oh my gosh. So amazing. So let's move on to manic moments and manifesting where we talk about our last meltdown and the last thing we manifested and I'll go first. Okay. So my last meltdown, I feel bad because it was my mom's wedding day. Oh no. (laughs) But it wasn't like, it was like, I was very happy for her. Don't get me wrong. But I had to do her hair and makeup and my hair and makeup. And I basically stalled the entire wedding by like 45 minutes, but it was okay. Cause I was the officiator too. So. <laughs> but I felt bad because I was like doing my mom's hair and makeup, just like huffing and puffing, like, okay, what time is it? Oh my God. And she was so chill and like, it's fine. It's going to be fine. I'm like, okay, why am I the one stressed out? 
Because it's your mom. I know. I just wanted everything to like go smoothly. And I felt so bad, like holding everyone up. But yeah, I really like, it was a moment where I was like trying to control my angst, but couldn't. Mm. So it was a bit of a meltdown moment. So, but anyways, if anyone uh, is looking for a, someone to officiate their wedding. (laughs) (laughs) That is the best advertisement I've ever heard. (laughs) I'll be a total psycho. wedding um it was an amazing day and everything turned out really great and it was just 45 minutes later what ups yeah what ups and congratulations to you and your mom thank you totally um okay I mean okay so that's my manifest too sorry I'm double whammying it you double whammied that you snuck attacked that in there yeah it was amazing and um yeah I loved it. And my mom's husband is like the best. And I guess maybe I manifested that because my mom has like, she was single for the whole time that I was like growing up. And then she married a complete asshole when I was 18 and that didn't last very long. And then she found this guy. He's a keeper. That's so wonderful. And is she in the same town as you? She actually just moved like three hours away. Um, to Kamloops. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Oh yeah, of course I do. Yeah. She's in the loop. So it's kind of a nice little getaway. Like it's not too far that we can't go and like they come down and we go up there and it's like a nice little weekend retreat. Oh, that's so nice. And it's lovely up there, isn't it? It's beautiful. Wine tours and all the things. It's like desert. Oh, that's so nice. That's so nice. So nice. So what was your last meltdown? Oh, it was like three days ago. It involved something that you may have heard of called premenstrual syndrome. Um, had um, it all days ago as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I was uh, so premenstrual. I had a deadline um, for horoscope, which I did not write because I was too busy watching episodes of Ellen giving away money to people who had needs on YouTube, just sobbing, just sobbing and watching a nice lady help nice people live better lives. And I was, you know what? I'm not ashamed. It was really, it was good. It was cathartic. And it was also a total meltdown. (laughs) I was like, I was like deep in the feels. And so that was pretty, um, it was picturing you with like a box of Oreos and a box of tissues. Okay, so the truth is that they were peanut butter cookies. Oh, okay, you must peanut know. Cookies. Peanut butter cookies. Yeah, my partner was like, I'm going to bake cookies, but oh I promise I'll only bake six. And two dozen cookies later. Oh, my god! I know. That's the worst. That's why I don't bake. I'll eat it all. See, that is exactly true. And also, who bakes for someone who's premenstrual? Yeah. A crazy person. Ugh. I'm oh, basically wow. in a, yeah, yeah, it's awful. It's awful. So anyways, it's awful slash, yeah, my partner bakes. So that's cool. So um, there you go. <laughs> there you go. I don't think peanut butter cookies sound awful at all. No, they were delicious. Oh. That's the thing. The cookies. Oh, I haven't had one of those for so long. I strongly recommend that you get a cookie for you and peanut butter for your puppy. Yeah. And then have a peanut butter party. Yes. I'll telepathically ask him if he wants to do that. Okay. I feel like you don't have to. Because I don't think I have to. For sure. Yeah. It's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, um, and what I manifested, mm, that is a great question. Um, you know, the truth is, uh, probably the podcast because I decided to do ghost of a podcast and then one week later I did it. So I, I planned it for about a week and, um, that's the best way though. Yeah. 
it, it really works. I can't with planning or people that like stall things. It's like, if you want to do something, you just fucking go do it. Jump, jump in. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a, I'm quite a planner slash also uh, I'm a jump inner. I'm, I do both. But yeah. um, this, this was definitely like, I, I really wanted to find something that felt really creative where I could be really authentic. I didn't have to worry about, um, you know, adjusting my tone for somebody else. I could just totally do what I wanted to do. And I wasn't sure if it would resonate with people. And I've been really, really happy that it is resonating with people and that I get to connect with each other. And it's just been so joyous and happy for me to do this podcast. And like, like I said, it's been less than two months. So it's really, a, it's a new, new baby, but that is, Yay. that's probably my, my you are going to, you're going to just love it. It's like the best thing ever. So I'm so glad that you've found this new journey. Thank you so much. I'll appreciate it. Yay. Amazing. Thank you so much for everything. I feel like I learned so much. Oh my God, and, I love talking to you. Oh my God. So fun. We need to just like go to Montreal and eat poutine. Okay. That is <laughs> right there. I say yes to that. As long as yeah. we can throw in some bagels because yeah, Montreal okay. bagel is the dream. I'm telling okay. you Okay. Good yes. to know. And maybe yes. your partner can pack some uh, peanut butter cookies while we're at it. I, <laughs> <laughs> I bet it will. I bet it will. Amazing. Where can we find you? All over the internet. My website is lovelanyato.com and, uh, my Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, they're all at Jessica Lignato. And I know my name is not frenetic and I know it's impossible to say or spell, but oh, well, here we are. Yeah. It's L-A-N-Y-A-D-O-O and uh, Ghost of a Podcast. You can subscribe to it all over the world. Okay. And you also mentioned that we can write questions in. Yes. Okay. So if you're on mobile and you go to the Ghost of a Podcast page, you have to scroll down past like the, the episodes. There's a... Um, a question form where you can fill it out and email me. If you want to send me a voice memo, you can do that at ghost of a podcast at Gmail. Um, just send me a voice memo there. If you want to be on the podcast and, um, yeah. And send me questions. I love questions. I'm happy to answer them. Yeah. I probably have like a million more that we didn't get to get to today. So I think I'm great. I'm really excited. I and really it's not going to be like, what does my dog mean when he? <laughs> I know. Well, you know, practice, practice, and let me know I'm how it goes to. because I'm it's, going to. it's more simple than you'd imagine. Okay, this is my new hobby, guys. Yay. Okay. Thank you so much, everyone. Have the best day. Go check out Jessica and all the amazing things she's doing, and we will catch up next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for being a chill Shocker Girl and tuning in to Shocker Girl Radio. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. You can find more info on Chakras and on Amber Lee at theshockergirlco.com. And follow all the glam and grounded goodness on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at theshockergirlco. Amber Lee loves engaging with her listeners, so DM her anytime.